Welcome to Akasha Talks, a podcast on consciousness, healing, and different ways to interact and weave those together, both old and new, to be able to get the most out of your life. I'm your host, Lance Baker, coming to you from Newcastle, Australia. Hope you kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, Raven Keys. I've been excited to have you on. I've uh, heard a little bit about you. I found out from a video I saw of Dr. Feldman talking about he was doing breast surgery and as often as he can, he has a Reiki master in the operating theater doing Reiki during operations. And since then, I've looked up and seen you're the author of a Reiki book, The Healing Power of Reiki. And the one, The Healing Light of Angels, that are on Llewellyn and Amazon. And I've read a bunch of amazing things about you uh, that I'm, I'm excited to have a chat. So I'm really excited about the work you, you're doing with medical work. But we're, we're, we're going to get there eventually. <laughs> so thanks for, for coming in. I'm so happy to be with you today, Lance. It's my very first time to speak to Australia. And um, Australia has been on my mind and in my heart and coming to me in my dreams. I don't know exactly what it means, but I think it's all leading to something. <laughs> Synchronicities. You can't stop them. <laughs> yeah. If the energy's got a plan, it'll happen. Yeah. Uh, now, just in case somebody is listening to this who who hasn't found this through through me or you and have just found it by accident and don't understand what Reiki is, uh, would you mind giving us a, a brief explanation of that? Well, we can try to give a brief explanation of Reiki. Uh, I'm writing a book right now on medical Reiki, which means that I've been doing a lot of research about about the universe and the power that we're using when we um, do Reiki. And mm -hmm. I've prayed and I've um, asked for guidance from the angels. It's like, what is the underpinnings of Reiki? And the Archangel Gabriel, who's been my advisor since the beginning, um, sent me on to investigate E equals MC squared. What we're doing what Reiki is, is the power of the universe, that what was released in the moment of the Big Bang. That's what we're doing. And, um, and so in today's world, people get um, their stress. Stress is like a number one cause of dis-ease. It attacks the body because what happens is that it um, triggers in the brain to the brain, um, stress is danger. And we're hardwired from the beginning of humanity to have a reaction, a hormonal reaction to danger. So what happens is that cortisol and um, adrenaline are released in the body just from stress. And this becomes toxic and it wears the body down. So what happens is that the light that we are, because in every single cell in the center of our, our cells is light, it gets weaker 
and weaker. And then there's pollution and there's this and there's that. All this stuff is attacking us. So what we as Reiki practitioners are doing is we're restoring this essence, this power that has been diminished and caused the disease. And it's really incredible. I mean, we need to have um, scientific research done that proves what's been shown to happen in the operating room, like with Dr. Feldman. It's it's amazing. Mm. It certainly is. So let's go back to the beginning, if you don't mind, of when you first got introduced to Reiki. Um, yes, well, as you know, Lance, as a practitioner, um, we don't find Reiki, it finds us. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> and it comes one day. Um, in my case, it came through the door with my yoga teacher. I had a private yoga teacher at one time, and um, she had taken a Reiki training on the weekend. And, you know, I think she took to Reiki level one. It didn't really matter. What mattered was that she came through the door and took one look at me and she said, Raven, you're just too tired today to do yoga. And my husband was alive at the time, so he and I were taking the class together. And she said, Michael, I'll just lead you in the, in the, in your poses. Raven, you lie down. I'm going to give you Reiki. And so she was not paying any attention to me at all. She just had her hands on the bottoms of my feet and was leading my husband in his yoga poses. Go a little more this way. Oh, stretch that way. Not at all. And not, meanwhile, I'm having the most amazing experiences of feeling this energy coming into me. And I was so blissed out. I thought, I really want to know how to do this. <laughs> it just seemed like a good idea that I figured that out. And then, you know, like the, the teacher that you're meant to um, study with just kind of shows up. And um, um, so I, I thought I was going to study Reiki with my yoga teacher's teacher, but it didn't work out that way at all. I ended up getting um, something in the mail from a Reiki master I never heard of. I never signed up for any of her stuff. I didn't even know who she was. But all of a sudden, I got a thing in the in the snail mail saying, because it was 1995, <laughs> saying, um, you know, I'm coming to New York to do this Reiki training, da-da-da-da-da. And it ended up that I, I studied with her. And um, it was fantastic. I had an incredible time. And she was really the right teacher for me. And so the... Um, I actually took the whole training with her twice. And the last time that I took it, so that was in 1995, I took it the first time. The next time I took it was in 2001. And by then I had learned so many things just through doing Reiki myself. And my uh, my Reiki master, her name is Lori Grant, she was retiring from teaching Reiki. So I thought, oh my goodness, I really want to know how much more she knows in the years that since I saw her last. So I signed up for her training and knowing that she was retiring and all. And then as it turned out, her training was at the end of September 2001. So in my case, 
I came straight to the training from the firehouse in my neighborhood where I had been given, giving Reiki to firefighters who had come into New York because, um, they were helping all the, all the FDNY who were clearing ground zero. And it was really astonishing, um, to go from, from being with these guys who are like so traumatized, um, and really upset about, um, what, what had happened in New York to the bliss of Reiki. I mean, I just felt like, um, it was not a coincidence, you know, that Lori had decided to retire, um, in 2001 in September. And, um, so, at the end of the whole training that day, she asked me if I would take over the promotion of Reiki in the world. I was completely blown away that she asked me that. Um, but I, of course, I said, oh, well, I'll do my best. You know, I don't know what I can possibly do, but I'll do my best. That's how I felt about it. But so many things started happening one right after the other as soon as I said that I would do my best. And, you know, now here I am, like, leading this whole movement um, as a clearinghouse, really, to make sure that there are a, there's an elite band of Reiki practitioners called Certified Medical Reiki Masters. And all this is under the auspices of Dr. Feldman, who told me I have to have a company and set all this stuff in motion so that um, Reiki, um, Reiki practitioners need to be paid for this work. We're just as important in an operating room as anesthesia, you know, you might call it a word I can't say. I know it in England, it's called anesthetist or something. I can't even say it. In America, it's called anesthesia. And um, so, um, or who, anybody else in the room, like the surgeons, we're just as important the people as the people who are handing the instruments to the doctor. We need to be paid for what we do. This is no joke. And the minute you start to get paid, it raises everything to a different level in the minds of the medical world. Well, that actually takes it full circle. Uh, before they had anesthesiologists, they had energy healers. So it, it went from people like uh, doctors did energy healing. So they did animal magnetism, uh, mesmerism, which is where hypnosis started was just energy healing without words. And it was by an accidental finding that ether was knocking people out and making people not feel things in their body. They're like, well, that's much faster and quicker than what that guy's doing. We're just going to put that in instead. (laughs) You should write a paper on that or send me something written about that because that will help me in my book, Mm -hmm. Lance, and I'll give you credit for it explaining it to me oh yeah there's uh i'll send you some some old uh old books that have got hundreds of case studies of tremendous operations that were done using this sort of stuff back in the day so yes there's a uh there's a uh they don't know why anesthesia works by the way so it's like what's the big deal 
why do we have to prove all this energy medicine that was here in the beginning when they don't even know why anesthesia works? Yeah, and anesthesia kills so many people that it's, it's a very dangerous thing to deal with where energy healing is not. <laughs> exactly. No uh, side effects. Yes. And one thing I heard, uh, it was an old interview, so it might not still be the case, but in that you'd said that uh, none of the patients where you've been in the operating theatre have ever passed away while you've been no. surrounding them with Reiki energy as well. No, they haven't passed away, no. But the thing is... Um, I have this really strong realization. Some people are going to get out of this life easy on the operating table. Do you know what I mean? If that's yes. their destiny, they're lucky enough to leave <laughs> at that moment. Um, and it's, it's really important to have one of us there because we know how to negotiate all that for that soul to go into the light. We're like already working with the angels. Everything is completely different in the operating room because, you know, the first thing we do, that's part of my training, the first thing you do while they're getting the patient ready for surgery because that you cannot interfere with at all, they have a big job to do right then, is, get, is call the angels to clear the operating room of all the surgeries that ever happened. Nobody ever does that. You know, a lot of stuff has happened in this room before you ever yeah. get there. And um, so you want to get clear the air. And um, so you're, all that stuff is already happening, calling in the angels of your yourself, your client, who's the patient, the all the surgery team, everything. I mean, you're allowed to do that. You don't have have anybody's permission to call in the angels, you know, you do have to for giving Reiki. But what actually ends up happening is that if somebody were to die, we would be able to negotiate and send them directly into the into the light without a lot of a lot of struggle, you know, for the soul to leave the body and just go. And then there's the whole part where the the surgeons feel terrible if they lose somebody on the operating table. Well, you know, we we have so much work to do, not just now helping patients, but to help doctors. I've learned so much about their um, their struggles, and um, we can help them to understand what just happened so they don't have to carry that secondary trauma that builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up for them. They have... They have protection. Like, we're protection for a lot of things. Mm. And I'm sure just the the radiating energy in the room uh, certainly helps them relax and remain calm and focused on the work they need to do, which is insanely important. So, Yes, that's true. Dr. Feldman speaks about that. He may have spoken about it in the video that you saw um, of him, that, you know, mm. it raises the... Uh, elevates the whole surgery experience. And um, I don't know. Um, I think he may have said in that video, but he's certainly said it a few times, that when, um, well, I have worked, I worked with him so many years, you know, now. Um, he'll, he said that when I'm in the room, 
they all get to remember where why they went to medical school in the first place to be a healer. Yeah. Uh, he also said he, he relies on, on you quite a lot just to check how the patient's doing. So he would check uh, with with his staff, but then he, he wants to know, well, Raven, how, how are they really doing? <laughs> <laughs> Other than what the machines are saying and, and what, what's uh, the physical stuff that we can see going on, how, how are they, they doing in the energetic and emotional sense? So I, I found that great that he's uh, it was focused on that side of things as well. So how did it start that you managed to get involved with the medical side of things? Well, I really had no plan to ever do such a thing. I am squeamish. I can't stand the sight of blood. To this day, my um, business, I know you've talked to or communicated with my business manager, Chris. He will tell you, I cannot watch surgery on TV. I can't. I can't bear it because there's this great um, sort of like a soap opera coming out of Britain. It's called Holby City, and it's about a hospital, the surgery unit in a hospital. I just love the characters, though. But I can't look at the surgeries. Whenever they, you know, I just cover my eyes. Um, and that's how it is to this day if I'm in my, if I'm in my non-Reiki um presence. I can't look at surgery. But anyway, um, it came to pass that I had a client who needed to have open heart surgery. And um, she was going to be with the revered, at that time he was the most celebrated heart surgeon in America. And he's now America's doctor because he's on TV every day, Mehmet Oz. So um, she asked me, well, it had been um, reported in the New York Times in 1995 that he had um, and he had healers in the operating room so she was so terrified and she asked me would I go I said no she said I absolutely will not do that I I was shocked by the request and I said no absolutely I cannot I'm sorry let's just do Reiki and get you ready for your appointment with him tomorrow um, to talk to him I, I and and so as soon as we started to do the Reiki then um, Archangel Gabriel came in and he said, Raven, you have to say yes and give her your resume at the end, which I thought was me making something up, you know, because mm. I had just written my resume the day before. But, you know, <laughs> after a while, you, you realize that the angels have you doing things because in advance of your knowing what you're doing uh, often. So whenever they tell me to do anything now, I just do it because... There's no other reason. There's no reason not to. But anyway, um, so at the end, I said, Susanna, if he says yes, then I'll go, and here's my resume. And um, so the next day, I taught meditation. I had a huge um, practice in New York, teaching meditation all over New York City and um, the Equinox Fitness Club system here. So um, because it's New York City, the clientele and my meditation classes were from every walk of life from you know wall street brokers to uh, so anyway one of my my students was a doctor of anesthesia <laughs> and i said to him at the end of class i said you know somebody wants me to go to um 
um, surgery with Oz. Uh, what do you think? He said, oh, no, that's never going to happen. It's just not done. Well, not five minutes later, the phone rang, and it was Susanna calling me from his office saying, Dr. Oz said yes. All he wanted to see was your, what's your resume. <laughs> and I had it in my pocketbook. <laughs> so then I had a week to get ready, and I was ter- really freaked out and terrified. And, you know, um, so I had Reiki myself, and, you know, Archangel Gabriel came and put, laid a sword down um, next to me, took my hand. I felt all these things. I was really having a lot of experiences um, from the Reiki. And um, he said, don't worry, I'll be there, and I'm bringing legions with me. It's all going to be fine. Well, you know, I write in great detail. I've told that story somewhat in the um, healing light of uh, no, in the healing power of Reiki, but I'm telling it in much deeper detail in the medical Reiki um, book because it's the foundation of everything that's happened has come from there. So I was invited. And then I was invited to join Dr. Oz's research team. He was running um, um, a complementary and alternative um, medicine CAM research um, project that was all these research doctors and these uh, PhDs and all these people would gather in his office on a Tuesday morning and it was a surgery day for him so he was always in scrubs and um, so I would be at this round table with all these heavy hitters in the medical world with their little name tags, you know, in front of their their um, seats. And there's me, Reiki master. And I was like, I, you know, I really, I didn't have anything to say. And I would go cheer along with everybody when their research was going to get published. But I really didn't know what in the heck I was doing there. Meanwhile, I um, I was told later that by one of the people that Oz wanted to do research on energy medicine. He wanted to do research on Reiki. So he was holding me uh, there with him. But in the meantime, my name was on a list of approved practitioners at the hospital. So I ended up, you know, uh, working with a double lung transplant patient, for one thing. I mean, it didn't go on for a long time because then 9-11 happened. It happened right after the double lung transplant. Um, and if the, if those lungs didn't come that day, that kid would have died. He was, he was in his 30s and, um, he had lived quite a long time with, um, um, I forget the name of what it's called. See, the thing about being a Reiki practitioner is we don't have to know anything about medicine. All we have to do is know this. We don't have to know the names of things. We don't have to know what is going on. I've learned a lot about medicine, but nevertheless. So just trying to get the story out, um, it came to pass that I was um, on the Oz team, and then I did some other surgeries at the hospital, ear surgery, this, that, whatever. And then um, 9-11 happened. Then I was down at ground zero for eight and a half months. I was um, working on uh, family members and FDNY and uh, NYPD and um, 
military people and DMOR and all these medical examiners and forensic scientists and it was, you know, all that. And then, um, so then I was invited back to the hospital um, by a client. She wanted me to go to her breast surgery because she was having breast surgery with Dr. Feldman. And he, I almost feel like he was waiting for me to show up because he was so open to me coming. And not only that, before we even had the surgery, he called me at home on my cell phone and asked me if I would continue to work with him after this surgery was over. And like, I thought, I guess I better say yes, because... (laughs) Well, the thing is, when you are looking into somebody's eyes and they're absolutely terrified at what's before them, Hmm. and you know that what you have to offer is going to help them on many, many levels, way more than we can even begin to know. I mean, I've learned so much about the power of this practice through going Hmm. into surgery and seeing what happens. And... um, how much comfort that we bring to a person who's facing like the worst thing that they've ever had to go through up until now. You know, it's like life and death, are they going to live? Like you said before, people die on the operating table just from anesthesia. You don't know what your reaction is going to be to any of these things. My own mother died during because of surgery um, because her kidneys crashed because of the contrast they put into her kidneys. You just don't know what's going to happen. And there we are, the great protectors, channeling this perfectly sublime energy that's, that it's like the, it's the opposite. I'm sorry to jump off on a thing right now, but I have to say this. E equals MC squared. The power that is inherent in that formula can create nuclear power and destroy the world. That's one end of it. What the formula is that Dr. Yusui received in his enlightenment is the complete opposite. It's in the same, you know, it's in the same ballpark. It's the same energy. Only this is for healing. And it can only heal. That's what we're doing. We're supplying the power that can only heal. There are no negative side effects. This is what we do. How lucky are we? So (laughs) back to the story. Then I've just like worked with Dr. Feldman time after time. And I know what it means to have a patient sent to you the minute they're told they have cancer. What that does, all those, all those um, dr- um, hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, all that toxic stuff, um, we can deal with it from the first moment. And we should be part of the whole process of somebody's healing from the minute mm-hmm. they are diagnosed to the end of their treatment so that it works. I would have, I would have loved that years ago. Uh I'm not sure if you know of my story. I I found Reiki because I'd had brain surgery years ago. And uh, I woke up from that brain surgery with a migraine. 
and it did not go away for nine and a half years. 24-7, I had that migraine. Uh, and it was within a week and a half of learning Reiki, it just disappeared just from doing an energy ball, just from practicing. It went. So if, if, I'd, had, if I'd had somebody like yourself with, with my doctor, then uh, that I would have just been on easy street. Uh, but I guess that wouldn't have led to me being here and living a life of uh, a passion of healing and opening people up to, to the extra powers that are. But I can, I can really see the benefit for somebody of having that freedom from the stress and the anxiety and the pain that can, can really come from an operation. So with the, the work you do with that, do you just see them when they are first coming into the hospital, get work? Do you just see them in that first little bit after they're told, give them a session and then not see them again till their operation? Or do you see them lots in between? Do you see them a lot afterwards? What's, what's the average process of somebody who works with you and Dr. Feldman? It all depends on the situation. Mm. <clears throat> and also the way um, the medical world decides that things are going to go best, which mm -hmm. um, changes, I've noticed. It used to be that um, if somebody was diagnosed with breast cancer, they would get surgery right away. It's like, okay, you have it. We're going to get surgery within two weeks or whatever. And um, then it switched to first chemo to shrink it, and I don't know. And I have a lot of feelings um, uh, about it that I can't speak about, you know, mm. <laughs> just do. But um, the so it, it sometimes I never saw a person before I met them at the in the hospital, and my my process has always been to meet the um, person in the lobby of the, uh, of the hospital and just stay with them the whole day if it's surgery day. That's been it, mm. you know. So just stay with them until their family comes to um, be with them in the recovery um, area. After that the is huge. Yeah. And mm. it's a lot, but it's really um, profound. And because of that, I've learned a lot about what goes on and who the players are and who you better get along with and who might give you trouble and, you know, and a lot of things. But um, and so that's what I teach people in the medical Reiki training. And um, anyway, so it could go that way. It could be that I saw the person before. Um, that's happened, too. Uh, you know, they've they've been sent to me right away and they're not getting surgery right away because first they're going to get chemotherapy because they can, are considered to be inoperable. You know, um, it's been amazing because uh, Reiki, the Reiki um, intervention has actually um, caused the chemotherapy to work so well that inoperable cancers have become operable and then, you know, once the Surgery happens, cancer is gone. Stage four, over. You know what I mean? It's like um, these things have to be proven, though, scientifically. Dr. Feldman and I have seen this, but we ha it's got to be 
Um, there has to be evidence-based proof in some way, shape, or form. Although mm-hmm. Dr. Feldman also has said, um, as scientists, we know that there are things that can help our patients that can never be proven by science. We just know that they work. Yeah. So we're sort of like in this place where we really need to do the surgery, um, the research. Um, but so anyway, it would a, a typical day is to um, stay all day, and then um, and then that's that. Yeah. And then the person may or may not want um, Reiki after. It depends on them because we have to be very respectful. Um, they may want to just forget that they ever had surgery. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So yes. We, if we were there on the surgery day, then we're just part of that. If that's the only time they've seen us. Mm. So with the research project you were just mentioning, uh, I know we were speaking about it before, you've you've set up a non-for-profit and it's going to be coming out on a GoFundMe sort of process where anybody can contribute to be able to, to help fund this process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really the... Um... It's really an incredible opportunity for Reiki practitioners to know that I was part of the breakthrough because Dr. Feldman is determined to do the most major study on Reiki that's ever been done. He said from the beginning it's going to be the granddaddy of all research on Reiki. Um, and it's so for us, for we the practitioners, um, to be part of this is incredible. And mm-hmm. for patients to be part of it that have received blessings from Reiki, it's incredible. And for the whole future of mankind, it's incredible that we would be breaking this ground open for the evolution of patient care. And um, this could affect you, me. We, we both had surgery. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I was lucky because I had a Reiki master that I trained myself in my surgery, and um, she became the star of the show, even though I almost died <laughs> from my, you know, from what was wrong with me. My um, surgeon said, "Good thing we got that kidney out." Oh my God! If you had one more of those episodes, I think you would have died. It was so infected. We had a lot of trouble getting it out. It was seared to your, uh, it was stuck to your skin from all the scar tissue. But Lisa was amazing. <laughs> oh my God. He just went on and on about her. So yeah, Lisa Wilson. She's, mm. um, yeah, she's my right hand in all things medical Reiki here in New York. <laughs> um, yeah. But I forgot where, where I was going with all this. Oh, yeah. So this is a um, research project of the people, by the people, and for the people, you know. Um, and, and, of course, it's going to be in the operating room. There will be medical Reiki masters there. Dr. Feldman and two other surgeons at Montefiore are going to be doing this. Um, and, and then we have a few medical Reiki masters. It's very important that we have 
Spanish-speaking um, medical Reiki masters to help because the um, population where the where this is going to be taking place, it's perfect. It's in the Bronx. It's in the Bronx in New York. You know, Bronx. But um, it's an underserved population, and that's why Dr. Feldman went there to begin with. He was like a rock star. Um, surgeon, head of all things breast cancer at Columbia uh, Medical Center. And um, it was bad, you know, really um, people from all wealthy realms and everything else would come streaming in there, um, serving a much different population. And he told me he wanted to bring his work to the Bronx to where people are poor and they don't have the same ability to have all these fancy things going on like Reiki. And so he, want, uh, um, he wants everybody in the whole world to be able to have this. And the best place for it to happen out of, and this isn't the only reason he went to the Bronx, but it actually ends up to be the best place for it to happen from because the people who live in the Bronx are from other countries a lot. You know, they don't speak English. They, it's much poorer there. They've never heard of Reiki. They don't have access to the same things that the rest of us have access to. You know, they're, um, they, they may be very religious, but they don't have any awareness of energy medicine. So they have no preconceived notion about it. So what better um, population to prove this? They who have no expectation. And so, yeah, so it's going to be a really big deal. And um, usually um, research is paid for by pharmaceutical companies because mm. they're going to, and they have millions to invest. And um, technology companies who've created some gizmo that, they're going to make a ton of money on too, and they have a lot of money to invest. This project is being lots of the people who are working on it in like um, Einstein Medical School and the Bold program that's run by Dr. Allison Modell. And these doctors, they're just donating their time. And um, the all the surgeries is being done in kind. The people who are getting paid in this research are the Reiki masters. The medical Reiki masters are the ones who are going to get paid from the research money. You know, that's part of it. And then there's a coordinator that has to be paid quite a bit of money. But in the end, this research project is costing, um, I think around $75,000. $75,000, yeah, which is nothing. That's and certainly achievable if everybody chips in a little bit here and there. Exactly. We could raise the money um, in, in, a, in a few weeks because there are so many people who practice Reiki, and this is for the practitioners. Really, mm. it's for us to be respected and make a living as we should. It's not good enough to have all these people, volunteers everywhere. It's a wonderful thing to introduce Reiki, but it's got to be respected as a profession. Yeah. Well, I 
there's there's been a bit of a breakthrough lately in Australia in Perth. They've got they've got a room where people are able to get some Reiki healings after they've had their chemo treatments and stuff. It's not in operating theatre. It's just off from the lobby from the looks of things. But uh, there's something there. Yeah. I know um, I've tried a few times over the last couple of years, uh, last four or five years I think I've tried, with all the hospitals in my area to see if I can just volunteer to go around the wards and give healings. And I've been told, no, 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 because it's too uh, too weird for them, I guess. They just didn't want it. So I can see this sort of thing even just helping that little bit. Uh, but I'd love it if the gates just opened and they were happy to have people in uh, in their, in the operating theatre. I've, uh, I've been blessed that I've had some of my clients that have... Uh, They've they've had some sort of surgery and they've they've been able to let me go in after operations. After that's but very good. Not during. So yeah, I've, but I'm just a visitor who's waving their hands around. <laughs> uh, but quite often they they give really good feedback that this has really helped. Uh, the nurses are surprised. What what was that guy doing? Wow, you're ready to go tomorrow. This wasn't what we were expecting this morning. So there's a, I can I can just see this research being of huge benefits for letting people be aware of their other options and the ease of a practitioner to be able to help the people that need that care. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm really really excited to, to see this get off the ground. I know I'm going to be chipping in as soon as uh. As soon as that GoFundMe's up. <laughs> oh, goody. <laughs> um, so I did hear something before of extra work you did with people that was, was outside of Reiki with, um, with the work you were doing with Dr. Oz when they were doing the heart transplant, the lung transplant, that you were doing some meditation-like things with them of telling them to to give love to the heart they're letting go of and give love to the heart that's coming to them and visualize it all working perfectly and things like that. Um, did you find that helped a lot as well? Mm. Yes, especially, um, well, I have to say that the heart work that you're speaking about uh, um, helping was Julie Motts, really. She was the okay. one who, her name was in that um, article in the New York Times that my friend had seen, Susanna, my client. And I had seen that article too. My niece, who's a medical, she's a natural doctor, had sent me that um, that article. Nevertheless, I instinctively, without really knowing that she had done that, it was Dr. Feldman who um, I, I found out from him that Julie Motts had been doing that 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 was the work she was doing. But instinctively, um, in the pre-op, I've had moments where it just sort of started happening once, and then it, like, once I knew about this, it um, happened more than once, that a woman would want to have a ceremony. I would ask her, you know, she would be like, oh, my God, I'm going to, like, give you my breast up. I, you know, there's always that moment where all mm. this reality just strikes. And then I just instinctively said, well, let's have a ceremony then, you know. 
I know this is really, and actually now that I'm thinking back to it, it was with a girl who was in her 20s, and she was having a, du a double mastectomy bilateral because mm. she had the BRCA gene. And um, she had waited like 10 years, her mother, her grandmother, her aunts, everybody in her family that was female had died of breast cancer. And Dr. Feldman had told her, his, her mother was his patient, he had told her that, you know, it doesn't matter if you do yoga every day and you change your diet and you ne you're never within 10 miles of a pesticide. You have this gene. It's not, and look at what's happened in your, in your family. So she had gotten to the point where she was going to do it. And, but when it came right down to it, we're in the, it's like when you put that gear on, you know what I'm saying. They put all that stuff on you. And you, and you're sitting there waiting or lying there and you know now without a doubt that this is happening to you. There's a different realization and energy that ramps up in your body. And, um, mm. so all of a sudden she was like, what am I doing? My breast doesn't do it. They haven't done anything. Like she was like freaking out. Mm. And I just said, all right, let's just have a ceremony. And so that's what we did. And that's how she got through it. And um, once we had the ceremony and said goodbye to her breast and thanked it and told her breasts that she would always love them and thank you so much for everything, all the joy that you brought to my life, she was able to go through it. And you know what? In the end, she had Reiki um, before. I think she had Reiki before the surgery a time or two. It's like so many things. Um, and then um, the surgery, and I don't even know if she had... Um, Reiki after, but she never had any regrets. She never regretted it. She was always secure in her decision. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the the closest I've done to something like that is uh, I, I had surgery again recently for something completely separate. Uh, I just did some self hypnosis work to be able to be comfortable and be relaxed with it, and some meditation, and I've got. I've got a bunch of people I've trained Reiki to. So I I enlisted their help and I got a bunch of people sending me distance Reiki. <laughs> so I, I technically had, had a, I don't know, I think about 30 people end up putting their hand up to help me out. So I, I essentially had 30 Reiki people <laughs> sending energy and myself sending to the future for when I, I, was, I was in there. Oh. And it was, was comfortable. It was easy. Uh, and and I was I was awake for all of it and just chatting to the doctor while while it happened, uh, but that there's that that other option as well. Uh, if if somebody's somewhere that they can't get to do the work that you do according to whatever laws or regulations or viewpoints the the medical societies have in their area, they can they could find somebody like yourself or another Reiki practitioner to send distance as well. Uh, have, have you experimented with distance for operations? And Well, absolutely. Um, there's a technique that we do. Um, it's called uh, making a, um, a Reiki drip, which is like mm -hmm. an IV, <laughs> Reiki yes. IV. So we do that for sure. Um, it's, uh, and yes, people always, 
have their hearts in the right place. Somebody's going to surgery. They need help, you know. The angels have said to me, um, and so this is why it's so tricky for me writing this book. It's for doctors, patients, um, medical students, nurses, practitioners, anybody with an interest in energy medicine. And I'm saying that right up front. And so um, for me to um, tell some of this story, I have to say the angels are helping. And as Reiki practitioners, we're doing spiritual practice. You just have to get over it. However, we have uh, Albert Einstein in our corner, who, in like this is, this, these are the kinds of things that really help. I know that Albert Einstein was sent by the angels ahead of schedule so that we would have help now. It's not the only reason for his existence, but it's definitely helping us now. Um, he said, the ancients knew something that we seem to have forgotten, that all means are but a blunt instrument if they do not have a living spirit behind them. And, you know, like I'm weaving all this information about what we know and what is scientifically in the lexicon and the, and the conversation of these people who are, um, they're actually imprisoned, if you ask me like imprisoned um, by by the rules and regulations that they have to abide by. And it's terrifying. It has to be terrifying to have gone through all that it takes to make a doctor uh, and a mm. surgeon. All that it takes. They could never go through it unless they had the heart of a healer. There's no way. They could have endured it. It's beyond our imagination. And they did it. And then they find themselves in this prison of rules and regulations. And they have so much almost like propaganda, like brain training to, away from their, their essence, their hearts. But they still can't avoid it because before they're a professional healer, they're a human being. So that we have to save them. We have to save them from where they find themselves. And there's a, a chapter in my book, and I, my editor knows uh, and is very excited about this, but um, written by a doctor. Dr. Feldman wrote the foreword. It's like the last thing he says is that he, he and I look forward to the future when all over the world medical Reiki masters are in operating rooms all over the world. Like I'm paraphrasing, but that's like, <sighs> and then this um, other doctor speaks about what it takes to be a doctor and um, um, the great suffering of, of secondary trauma, compassion fatigue, burnout, all these things. And how for her, she's actually um, a Reiki master that I trained. She's a medical doctor. And she says that Reiki is the thing that saves her and enables her to do her job. And she's a, um, a pediatrician and her specialty is abused children. So she has to go to court and, you know, um, give medical reports in court 
to save children from abusive families, and she has to go to the morgue for autopsies when children are killed. I mean, her life, her her um, heart is big. She's a beautiful, beautiful human being, and um, I, truthfully, I. Don't know how she can do what she does, but she says it's Reiki. That's the mm. thing that makes it possible for her to show up for those kids and do her job. Yeah. Well, it, it, when I started doing Reiki, it was all about a physical pain. But very, very quickly I learned it's even more powerful on emotional levels. Uh, first thing I do if I'm going through something emotional is... As I'll send some energy to the emotion of what's going there and ask for that energy to help soften the emotions around me and help me to see and understand what's going on. And emotional issues are way easier. So it's extremely powerful for stuff like that, for Mm -hmm. a lady doing that sort of work. Yeah. And, you know, we have to have a – it's like a release valve too – like if things are like moving around, they take up a location in your body, it feels like to me. Mm-hmm. And then that's where, if there's a weakness in your body, that's what the angels told me too, is that the, when there's a weakness in your body and then there's an emotional thing that comes in because it attack. like Dr. Yusui said, from my understanding, and there's so much, so many people are trying to figure out so many things about Dr. Yusui, but he said that all this ease comes in on the spiritual level first, and then it makes its way down through all the different levels of us. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, the emotional is so powerful. And what is what, what taps in the, uh, the mental creates the emotional. And then it needs to, if there's a weakness in the body, it goes there. That's what happened to my kidney. Um, after 9-11, I was like exposed to so much toxicity. I'm just lucky. I'm really, really lucky. And I feel like it's Reiki that protected me, that it was just my kidney. That's the clearing. I'm not surprised it was, uh, it was, it was kidney. Uh, 9-11, New York was filled, filled with fear. Uh, kidney in traditional Chinese medicine, the kidney meridian is, Fear is the main emotion that runs through that meridian, yeah. uh, and and it starts at the base of your foot. Uh, the the kidney meridian point is there. Thank you for comes, showing me. Comes up to your collarbone, but you're you're grounding into the earth of land that is filled with fear. So you were sucking up through the meridian line that, as for fear, you would have been absorbing so much of it. While you're helping to to heal people, uh, so next time, <laughs> don't absorb the fear. <laughs> but yes, that uh, I turned clear. off all my devices and they're ringing. I'm so mad. So sorry. Ugh. I'm so sorry. I That's turned okay. off the sound of everything. But- I'm so happy that you told me that because nobody's ever said that to me, what you just said mm. about the fear and the point on your feet, uh, on your foot and your feet. And because, yeah, 
there was so much trauma on that land. And really, mm. I can't go there anymore. I got The last time I went there, I got so ill. And then the angels told me, don't go anymore. The healing of that land is now up to the world. Every, mm. And they asked that every person that goes to Ground Zero to please pray for the um, peace of everybody who died there, the peace of everyone who worked there, and peace for the land itself because it was traumatized by the events there and that um, it's a world healing just like what we're up to right now what we do is world healing and the angels have said that every single time we do any of our healing work we're uh, we're affecting more than that one person because we're changing the vibrations of that human being and it doesn't matter whether they speak about it or not the um, the high vibration, the energy that we are um, giving to them, the energy that was released in the Big Bang, the energy that is the foundation of life itself is uh, the first language of the cells. So whether the person speaks about it or not, if the next person and the next person and the next person that they see, that vibration raises that per- uh, next person's cells because the cells recognize each other as life yes uh that's what i'm all about that's what this podcast is all about akasha talks akasha is is another word for chi it's it's the energy of the universe so i'm with you on that one uh now with that uh my biggest passion is is teaching people how to to do energy because like you said it raises that vibration when they receive when you're constantly receiving and sharing that, it raises it even more. Uh, I make sure I run at least a basic Reiki class once a month because I love just seeing people open up to that potential that they've got. Uh, now I'm really excited about the classes you run and I, I want to find a way to get you to Australia because can you tell us a little bit about the what you teach of your work? Okay. I'd love to come to Australia one day if that all can work out. Um, uh, what ha- the whoever takes the medical Reiki training must be a Reiki master because it's so intense to be working in medicine, um, and it re- requires. Um, I feel it's just the way it is, and th- that that came from the angels, you know. They, they are the ones who started all this. I never intended to teach people medical Reiki. It, it didn't even occur to me as an idea. Um, I was just doing my work, looking in the eyes of the people and seeing that they needed me and challenging myself to overcome all of my, my fears and, and all the drama and all the things that I noticed and took note of and da-da-da-da-da, and I made my own notes that turned into a protocol to keep me safe. I like dealt with people yelling at me, being disrespectful to me, and you know I'm in the in the environment of people with these big educations that have gone through everything that I spoke about earlier, uh, and they've gone through so much to get into an operating room. And who are you? And what are you doing? It doesn't look like you're doing anything at all. You're just like sitting there like this. What? Why are you in here? Um, or why are you in here? Wow. 
you know, like everything in between. And I've even had somebody read the Bible behind me the whole time that every, the patient was stable because she felt that I was evil. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I've seen it all. And for that reason, it's great that the angels have directed me to create this elite band of Reiki practitioners so that it's all going to be cool and people aren't going to be treated like that. I've gone through it, through the fire. But anyway, so a, a Reiki master, and then too, it's like they have to think that they might not know what a Reiki master even is, but it sounds good. You know, it's better than, well, I'm a Reiki too. No, they want to, they, they're at the top of their game, yeah. you know? So, um, so then I, um, teach people everything I've learned, which turned into, you know, my notes turned into a protocol for myself. And then, um, and we do some spiritual workings too, uh, because people, I want everybody to know or to have a connection with an angel if they don't already. And if they do, there might be a different angel or a different band of angels that are going to be working with you in medicine. Um, and so we do those workings. Then we, um, and then I also, there's a lot of, a lot of, I don't know how it is in Australia, but in America, there's a lot of talk about different symbols and different things to do. And it's been going on for some time. So, and, and what I've learned too, um, because I only train Reiki masters in medical Reiki, is that everybody has different symbols. That they've been taught different things and, um, whatever. And like intention is, is, is key, as we know. But anyway, when I asked the angels, it was like, okay, you want me to do this? Um, well, are there going to be different symbols? Because it was Archangel Gabriel who told me, you need to train Reiki masters and everything you know about being in surgery. It's the future. It needs to happen. You need, you must do this for yourself and for, for the world. You have to do it. Please. They never tell you you have to. I'm just like, there. it's like, would you please? So I said, okay. So, um, so I asked, are there different symbols? No, these are Reiki masters that you're training. The only thing we require is that you attune them to the same symbols that you have been using, which is Reiki one, Shokurei, Seheiki, Reiki two. And in my case, it's Reiku is the master symbol, which a lot of people don't know or haven't learned. And um, it doesn't matter. You know, it's it all gels together. And what people have already learned integrates with this. But I just follow the directions. So there's that. And, um, and, and these days, the angels actually do those attunements because... Um, I discovered, and I really kind of complained um, about having to. It, you can't imagine what it's like to um, attune Reiki masters to Reiki one, Reiki two, and Reiki Reiku, Reiki master symbol. I mean, the energy that a Reiki master is already vibrating at and pulling down from the universe. It's like. I could lay myself out on the ground after doing that. It was too much for me. I was weak. I couldn't, you know, I felt sick to my stomach, a lot of things from channeling that much energy through myself. And so then uh, the last time I did it was in North Carolina for like 20 people. Uh, it was so much that um, the, 
the um, angels just said, Gabriel came and said, you don't have to do this anymore. We're going to do it from now on. So that's what happens, is that the angels do those attunements. It's pretty profound. Mm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So if somebody's listening to this and they've they've only just started learning Reiki, or they're thinking about it and they're about to, and next weekend they go and they learn Reiki, uh, which I guarantee there's probably going to be somebody who does now. <laughs> uh, what would what would your advice be for them of, of something to, to start out of, um, of uh, a way a way they can practice, a thing to think about, an idea, any just a, a little piece of wisdom for somebody starting the journey? Well, it's um, it's fascinating, as you know to take a Reiki 1 class and mm. then feel that power in your hands. And then when you um, work on, you know, sharing with another person in the class and you mm. see their reaction, you know and I know that's the greatest fun for us as the teachers. <laughs> it's like when you see how they react to it, it's so fabulous. Oh, they, they don't believe they can do it. And then when they can do it, it's like... Yeah. yeah, so I think maybe <laughs> I would just say do it. And and really because then you can take care of yourself. Like Reiki One is for self-care and we never stop with the self-care. We have to keep that up. And then also to know how to um, give Reiki to other people. It's so much fun to practice on others and you can give it to pets. You can give it to plants. It's it's like having this magic in your hands. And why shouldn't all of us really remember the basis of what we actually are? We're divine beings. We're magic or incorporated or manifested out of the universe. It took so much energy to make one of us. Every single one of us is completely we have so much energy within us that it's mind-blowing. Mm. Um, and we should really realize we need to wake up as a race on, the, uh, on this planet. Humanity is destroying the planet because it doesn't remember what it is. And all the, all the power that we have within us is being misused and, and leached off of us by these politicians and these people who are like filled with greed. That's not who we are. We're not that. We're beautiful. We're amazing. We're revered by the angels. And we must show up and do what we got born to do. I believe every single one of us was born to be here now. And anybody who's thinking about studying Reiki, you're just being guided by the angels. Just go ahead and do it and see where the trail leads. Because you can't even begin to imagine what's going to unfold in front of your feet just because you said yes. Mm. Oh. That's amazing. Like you said, I my, my favorite thing is is that when uh, after achievement where they can feel it in their hands and like, yeah, could it could be in my head. But then when we get up and we practice and they run their hands over something, they're like, what? I, can, I can feel stuff. And, and the other person's got their eyes closed and they'll work somewhere and then the person opens their eyes and I get them just to start with the first one. It's just five minutes, one spot. And every time 
The person on the table responds. They said, you were here. You were here. They always get it right. And they're like, I, I, I can do this. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's 11 o'clock. We've barely started. <laughs> so this is what the magic is that's in you. You can do this. Uh, and like you said, that unfolding process, like the amount of people I've, I've, I've usually I become friends with, with people that, that study with me and I, I've got them on Facebook and I, was, I see them grow. Sometimes they, they work with a lot. Sometimes they just do it a little bit then and that's it. Maybe they do some self-healing every now and then, but they just keep very quiet about it and live their normal life. But you all see their lives just unfold and blossom into the things they complained about the morning before they started. That disappears quite often, yeah. very easily. So, yeah, I uh, I do encourage anybody to just check it out. It's Reiki One classes are pretty cheap, and they're available everywhere. Uh, there's lots of great teachers. I'm sure if you're at home, just you can don't find do it online. Right. You know, no, I'm so it's upset a very about tangible this. thing. You know, we don't let anybody come into the medical Reiki training that's been taken to class online. That's just not going to happen. I mean, people are becoming Reiki masters in four hours. It's just like absolutely ridiculous. And like, that's just the bad side of humanity, you know, trying mm. to make money off people who have good hearts and that want to do something good, you know, and then they're just fooled by this stuff. And I don't care. I, I know a lot of people may even turn on me for saying such a thing because there are those who are so radical about what they do is so powerful. I'm sorry. I just don't believe it. I mean, it takes real effort and a real commitment from a Reiki master to attune students in person. It's got to be. It's also something that words can't describe. You need to be shown how to work with it and you need support as you go through it. Yeah. It, uh, it unfolds some interesting things in your life. Yes. Uh, I think once you've trained with somebody, that person should be available to you for the rest of their living life. Exactly. If you've got a question about something. Exactly. Uh, online, you've got zero access to that person who who taught you this thing that is very different to the normal world. You're open to an extra sense. Uh, you need that contact. You, you need to be able to go, I've got a question. Get an yeah. answer. So I'm with you on that one. <laughs> yeah, it just seems so shabby to me and yeah. shallow. And yeah, the only benefit I see of the online's uh, as somebody who's living in a super, super remote area where they've got zero access to something, but even then you can usually travel. Uh, or if you've learned and you felt there's been gaps in what you've learned, maybe that might fill in the gaps from what you've already learned in person. Maybe, yeah. But a good if it's your first shot, yeah. in person. Yeah. A, a, a good teacher is going to take care of you and you're going to know a lot in one, mm. in one go round, you know. If you want, exactly. and then you're like, oh, and now I want to learn about the symbols and how this distance <laughs> healing. Ooh, it's like we're, you know, the, the whole word magician has been given a bad name by religion. But what is a magician? It's a practitioner, the, the practice of a magi. Magi 
has a really nice connotation to it, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of what society thinks. We are practicing, a I don't even really like to use the word divine so much, and all these words seem to relate back to um, religion. I, Reiki is not a religion. It never was meant no. to be a number a religion. Um, Dr. Yusui at that time in Japan could have turned it into a religion, but thankfully he did not. If any religion gets assigned to Reiki, it's going to ruin it for medicine. That's it. Hmm. Because the doctors come from all different traditions. They've been raised different ways with different um, ideas. Some of them are only scientists. If you're going to mix religion into it, it's not going to flow. But because of my research on angels, angels have always been on the planet. They've been, they predate religion by thousands and thousands and thousands of years. They're just part of the universe's life in realms that we can't see. And what are we doing with our hands? We're delivering energy that you can't see with your eyes, but it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's certainly there. Everybody now believes in energy they can't see because they have, they've got Wi-Fi. <laughs> they've Was got that the stuff. I, let me see that again. I want to see your symbol. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's not there. Oh, it reminds me of ISIS. Mm. Nice. Uh, yeah, everybody's got Wi-Fi. Everybody's got telephone reception. They believe in that. Yeah. Most mm. people can't see it. Occasionally you meet somebody who can, but generally people can't see that. I know. <laughs> mm. So I've, I've had a, a blast chatting with you, and I know there's going to be people that want to find out more. So if they want to find out what more, where can they go? Well, if you want to find out about medical Reiki and all that jazz, um, Dr. Feldman told me to start a company, and then I asked my friends. I was very leery about putting my name to it, but everybody said, well, you should put your name on it because, you know, people know who you are because you're known in the Reiki world. It only makes sense. And finally, I, I thought, well, I guess so, but I'm glad I did now because now it's like, it's in my name and I'm responsible and I make sure that everything is like lined up correctly. So it's www.ravenkeysmedicalreiki.com. That's my website. And then my books are um, The Healing Power of Reiki and The Healing Light of Angels. They're both um, available on Amazon and through Llewellyn. And um, if you want to find out about the not-for-profit, um, that's www.medicalreikiworks.org, O-R-G. Yeah, so the not-for-profit with 501c3 status, which means that people get a tax deduction for it. But I don't know how that works in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I'll have all, all the links for those in the show notes and the socials as well. We have to meet. Uh, we have to meet. I could tell. Yes. I could tell. We need to we really need to be in the same room together. And yes. We should have an extra GoFundMe to bring Raven to Australia <laughs> to, to open up the medical world here. <laughs> <laughs> 
send me an email <laughs> and uh, we'll make it happen. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lance. It was a blast. It was. I'll see you in the ethers, and I know I'll see you in person one fine day. It's up to the angels. Everything's divine timing. Even the ones who take Reiki 1 and they're not doing their practice yet. One day. (laughs) One day. That's it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and perhaps learned something new. If you did, I'd love for you to subscribe or drop a review on whatever favorite podcast you have. Or if you've been enjoying the video versions on YouTube or Facebook, do it there. If something really did click home for you with this episode, perhaps it could benefit one of your friends or family. If so, it'd really help if you shared this on your social medias. Until next time, you've been listening to Akasha Talks with Lance Baker.